0: What I was trying to say is if I can change. And you can change. change. Everybody can change. You want some sexy, you wanna laugh. License to talk. (laughs) License to talk is brought to you by. Goodspeed Beverage Center, 2202 Seneca Street. They got seltzers, heavy beers, light beers. Stop by, quench your thirst at Goodspeed Beverage Center. Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve, 2182 Seneca Street. Check out burgers and bottles on Friday night. The Rocket is stocked and ready to rock. Bob's Barber Shop, 2098 Seneca Street, 716-207-9210. You got a call ahead? Book your appointment talk to Blue Jays up there with Dan Calohan at Bob's Barbershop
1: you gotta see the action there on Seneca Street
0: first in Buffalo firemen owned and operated 391 Abbott Road custom t-shirt custom hats get your custom gear at first in Buffalo mr. submarine 1977 South Park Avenue serving South Buffalo since 1963 low prices try the ham sub uh, best in South Buffalo final vibes Check out Vinyl Vibes on Instagram at Vinyl Vibes Buffalo. Vinyl stickers, decals, and custom designs created by our boy Quails at Vinyl Vibes. Charlie's Boatyard, 1111 Furman Boulevard. Great fish fries, great service, delicious drinks, and look for their daily specials at Charlie's Boatyard. Dog Ears Bookstore, 688 Abbott Road. Why get your coffee from Timmy? All right, Marky, episode 54, an old friend has come back to join us from Russia with love. Zamir Gada. how are you, brother?
2: Good morning, America. Actually, what time is it? It's probably good afternoon, America, right? Yeah. Sorry, it's Monday. I'm still a bit hungover from Bill's Victory tailgate party of Thin Man Elmwood yesterday. Yeah. So for me, it's still the morning. I'm still enchanted. To be part of the amazing uh, Buffalo Mafia parish, (laughs) who would probably hope against the hope. No matter what, people enjoy life. Get together, beautiful beer, amazing wings. Actually, yesterday, for the first time, I was um, treated to wings with garlic. Have you ever tried that? Oh, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) It's like a little bit Ukrainian style, but anyway, I know that Buffalo is a good melting pot, so I kind of felt at home again and again. I hope we brought some good luck charm to the Bills. Beautiful uh, victory. I'm like a big fan of Mr. Allen, who I think is an amazing, uh, I'm just learning new terms, like three-quarter guy, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Three-quarter guy, like something like that. He's a winner. Yes. Yes.
1: He's going to take us to the super final. That's for sure.
2: That's why I'm here for. <laughs> and Something you, I want to discuss with you. Yeah, go ahead. I think Mr. Paguli, if he is still in good shape financially, should probably invite me to be the mascot of the Bills <laughs> in a good way because I'm still, you know, hungry and thirsty for more experience. Forget about my age group. I'm kind of officially in pre-retirement, but I believe in Buffalo. I'm, I'm going back with time machine as if i'm like 33.
0: it's interesting age and you were a uh, a good luck charm for the for st louis and kansas, kansas city. city yeah
2: what kansas city because terrace and and louis blues was not part of my charm relations but definitely more in kansas city when the chiefs packed the packers yeah which they couldn't believe ever happens
0: so we seen you in february we were down at charlie's boatyard it was Starting to warm up, and we were starting to get into the St. Patrick's uh, mood, and then all of a sudden, something happened—the coronavirus.
2: And we- Don't give me credit for that. Like, <laughs> you look at me as if I'm like in conspiracy theory of no, collusion. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm joking. No,
0: no. All right. So, so you left Buffalo and you head back to Russia. So tell us, tell us how that was dealing with the coronavirus in Russia, leaving here and going there.
2: I think I was lucky to leave U.S. before the shit hit the fan, so to say, because my understanding is that Russia, believe me or not, for the first time in my life looks like a much safer heaven. Really? (laughs) Really. For the first time in my life, I feel safer. (laughs) Forget about Putin and and, uh, totalitarian society. Forget about lack of freedom. But when I'm there and looking at what you are living through, I'm thinking to myself, well, history repeats itself is it as farce or like a, a comedy. So from this standpoint, I wasn't quite sure I understand what's going on. I know the country is divided. Mm-hmm. I'm not going into politics because I'm always in the middle. I don't want to be hated by the left and by the right. I'm in the middle. I'm the peacemaker, right? Everyone understands without peace, there is no life, there is no family no matter how many guns you have, it won't help you, right? Mm -hmm. So from this standpoint, I'm trying to understand why America, the richest country in the world, I thought, cannot establish the medical system which could allow having free tests, having people put into the medical institutions and control the pandemic statistics. Every morning when I would unwillingly open the news or something, America would be, like, breaking all the records on the statistics of how many people got sick or died. Mm -hmm. So that's a shock, honestly. And not only for me, for most Europeans, I would say, America didn't handle this situation professionally, I would call from the medical point of view. I believe that things are getting better. I landed in Connecticut first, which seemed a much safer haven. Compared to the next de- destinations I, I visited on the way to JFK. I was taken by my friend through um, Midtown, New York City. And for the first time, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to leave the car. In New York City. In New York City. Why? Do you remember the clip thriller, Michael Jackson? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that characters? Uh-huh. Kind of Halloween-style people, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't want sound like a smart ass no I understand that many more people are unfortunately, are homeless and mentally sick but I felt that all corners in Midtown were occupied by this group of people who would wait for someone to fall down and they would eat him or her alive it was very neurotic and very scary feel when everyone wearing masks outside and there is a line of maybe An hour long to get to the brunch place I used to visit in a good time, so to say. So I didn't feel like I want to stop there even for food. So we just, boom, out of New York City, which is very sad for me because I've been always a big fan of New York. I've spent there quite some time. I had my success stories both with Tony and on the book packaging front. But now it's like the plague. The city and the plague, did and you, did local you p- local people told me it's not the worst. It has been much worse, like several months ago. So, my heart belongs to New Yorkers.
1: Yeah. Did you think that you're going to have a more difficult time getting back?
2: Whew. Believe me or not, I had my Russian coronavirus negative test done twenty four hours before I left for U.S. because that was a requirement of Airflot. Right, Like all of the passengers did it. But nobody bothered to collect from me at JFK the paperwork I filled on the plane like about my background, where I was before arriving U.S., about my coronavirus situation, some interaction with people who might have been sick. No one even asked about it. The only question I saw in their eyes, like, do you have money? We need money. So welcome to America. Bring money. We don't care how you feel. That was something I was shocked for the first time.
0: So all the paperwork that you filled out, you just no one asked. No one asked for it. No. Wow. That's a little concerning. It is. I mean, you're you're good. I mean, you. you Uh, I hope so. Yeah.
2: For you to know, you are in good shape because two weeks passed, which means if whatever happened would be on the plane, though people like myself at least had the real negative virus tests. But who knows what happens and the airport, right? There were not too many people, I have to admit. Basically, it's uh, our flight. I didn't see any other f- arriving passengers. And everything was closed, I think, in the coffee shop area. Yeah, everything was closed when I arrived, mm-hmm. so I couldn't even have a bite to eat, it, uh, w- which didn't bother me. But at the same time, it was very strange that no one bothered to check, like, like as if they believed the airflow checked my background so they wouldn't bother me with any questions. like where i've been how many months i was away as a green card holder they wouldn't care like welcome to the united states (laughs) Well, i thought well maybe just the money the country needs i'm happy to inject
0: now since february uh, our country has been a little turmoil what have the russian people just everyday people that you talk to what are they thinking about the united states right now
2: well which is sad, but I understand why politics is always dirty. The Russian state propaganda TV, you know, like Putin's TV, because there's 99% controlled by the state, would every day show the footage of people, like, you know, overcrowded hospitals in, in uh, tents in uh, um, New York City Park, Central, Central Park. Park yeah. And etc. like not enough tests, not enough masks, blah, blah, blah. So comparing to Russian safe paradise, though I don't believe the fake numbers they officially announced, I do believe there is much more than that, but still, in comparison to US, I think we had maybe 100%, like 1% of, you know, people falling sick and, and dying compared to the US. So that's how Putin propaganda definitely played with us, saying, oh, America used to boast like, you know, we are the greatest country in the world, or we were going to be anytime soon. And look what happens with this, you know, capitalistic paradise, so to say, which is sad. Well, most people, believe me or not, they were pretty, you know, like sympathetic with what's going on. Some of them, I know for a fact, followed some of the bloggers in New York, doctors explaining how things getting better and better, etc. But still, it was a collapse the way the Russians looked at that, at least in Moscow, I'm not sure about other places, they managed to impose some restrictions. People were basically locked down seriously at home for about a month or two. I wouldn't say that there was any stimulus money package paid, uh, unlike in the US. I think uh, Putin was pretty greedy to use that, as he would always say, we have uh, like a fund of emergency situation of something. They did pay, I think, 100 bucks per child under the age of fifteen to the families per, per child and that's about it. So there was no direct transaction. Right.
0: Well I'll I'll say this. Uh March, April we're we're tough around here. And I will say and I don't I don't wanna sound very cheesy, Marky, but Zamir, your uh Twitter and Instagram really gave inspiration to me that uh Good things are around the corner. You were very positive, I want to say.
2: Which wasn't easy, as you understand, because I'm like 63. And the Russian government would say, like, once you hit 65, you shouldn't leave home at all. (laughs) Like, there'll be some food delivery from social service or volunteers to give credit. The younger generation in Russia, there are a lot of volunteers helping all the people, etc. Luckily, my wife was also locked down and my son... uh, freshman, so he did have classes uh, online. They were definitely arranging the delivery of food uh, so that I had no real reason to leave home. And believe it or not, I kind of locked myself for about March, April, May. I think the first time we decided to leave home and interact with our family friends, like three of them at a time who were also locked down, we knew that, at their countryside place when The spring was really blooming and I think I posted my first shish kebab grilled party or something to inspire you that life goes on, right? Something, Because the reports from my friend Mary, who is my handler on the ground, for those who don't know, she would post some kind of very dramatic, incredible photos as if like everything at the time happens, the fires, the hurricanes, you know, whatnot with America during that first several months.
1: Yeah, you, you talked about a fire.
2: You had a fire on uh, April 13th. That's another finger of fate 13th. I thought it's my lucky number. So yesterday I was given the jersey with the name of uh, Benjamin. I think the, uh, <laughs> okay. the player of uh, <laughs> the Bills number 13. Uh, my son, who was up at 3 a.m., like doing some homework, I guess, smelled some kind of, you know, fire smoke. In, the, in, in sort of in the house, not in our apartment, and kind of woke us up within like 15 minutes. We are lucky. The fire brigade came over, you know, rushing. They couldn't fire <laughs> the water supply for another hour or two, which is like Mother Russia. It's okay, but at least people were out of the building. It's a residential building, like eight floors. I would say about 500 apartments, and the roof of the top floor, eighth floor, I would call it like the roof space, was under like huge fire smoke when we left already. So within an hour or so, it spread over to like the other two entrances of the building. So to say. so half of the building was under fire on the roof side. So they had to bring some helicopters to start you know extinguishing, which they did within another hour or so. And you know, my heart belongs to those apartments and people on top. Three floors who were definitely flooded with tons of water coming and the repairs are still underway like I spoke with my wife today it's like six months about six months and probably they'll need another month to repair the top three floors apartments but luckily no casualties and thank you for bringing it up as I always find some positive no matter what's happening otherwise life is not worth it Two days after, I got an email from my book agent. Did I bring up my memoir book, which I was. No, no. no. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah. come to that. She said, Zamir, I think I have two publishers interested in the pitch she did in February when I was here, but not anyone like was biting on it as a pitch for the book to be written. It's like only four chapters she submitted. And she's saying, now we have much more interest, but they do need you to develop a bigger segment in the book about 17 years of friendship with Anthony Bourdain. Because otherwise I understand that the book of Zemir, it's like not the Bible, right? So why people should bother. So for them, marketing-wise, they needed more of it. So that's what I was doing since the fire (laughs) took place. And I hope we're in a better shape. I'm expecting some more positive responses in uh, like this month of September. Wow. Keeping the fingers crossed.
0: When you start a memoir with uh, your memories of Auntie Bourdain, where where do you start that? In Buffalo. In B- Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I tell you why.
2: It's not that I'm, like, drawn into the place with people like Mary and now the friends who always, like, welcome me, like Leo and Gino and many, many more. It just, like, Buffalo became the first U.S., short episode of No Reservations with me being in it. For me, it was the first one, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that Tony brought me for Rust Belt episode in 2009 to show how capitalism sucks (laughs) under the economic crisis, right? So that's why we went to Detroit to see the GM going out of business, unemployed, people waiting for food stamps. uh, Buffalo didn't look much better, unfortunately. as a very rusty place in the middle of January, Mm -hmm. freezing cold. Dark, like after four. So the only thing which was kind of bringing life to the place was snowmobiling we did in uh, Delaware Park. But more importantly, we met amazing people. Very welcoming, very straightforward. No bullshit, no small talk, like down to earth. And I felt like I'm at home. Right. It was 2009. Since that time, I started to come back and forth because I already fell in love with this city of great neighbors Mm -hmm. so this is the we have two different approaches it depends of course on the publisher either it will be the opening chapter or my experience as an intern in iraq under the war 1980-82 so there should be some dramatic changes in the book as you understand to bring the readers on board so it will be up to the editors of the publisher once we have someone interested to say to say what we're going to start the book with. But definitely Buffalo is a big chapter regardless. The oh, first right. one or uh, like in the middle or the last one. See,
0: Arthur. How are you? I see you all the time uh, reminiscing about Tony. And uh, I'm sure sometimes it gets emotional. Uh, his birthday, you were great on his birthday. I, I even went into the cabinet and had a, a drink with you. <laughs> thank you there it goes. you give me always a reason <laughs> Tony
2: you're always on our minds I- I'll tell you why my friend I was 44 when we met he was the same age and we came from two different worlds right he was New York born and Moscow born you know he's never been to Russia at that time I have been to America but he represented the community I've never been part of, like right? the chefs, ex-addicts, ex-alcoholics, you know, interesting, challenging part of any society. And he became like a brother to me, though, who were of the same age, maybe because he was much taller. I felt very much protected. And once my brother Michael, my blood brother Michael, passed away, he was nine years older than me, like 2012, Tony and his company 0.0 sent me a basket of fruit and food like in a commemoration of someone who mm-hmm. passed passed right. away in the family, which was you know, a revelation. In Russia, we don't do it. It's just the flowers people send and condolences. So that moment reinforced my kind of admiration of this man who created himself. So he was an inspiration. as Everything is possible once you really work hard, and want to do it. So basically in front of me, like from a scratch, it was 2001 when we met, he created himself as a journalist, as a TV personality, as an amazing interviewee, believe me or not. Yeah. And he couldn't do that when we met. He was pretty insecure, pretty shy on camera. That's why actually he brought me from behind the camera where I was supposed to do fixing of his locations and people and said, Zamir, it looks like you're breaking the ice. I need you in front of the camera. Let, let you be my co-host so we could talk to people. I don't speak Russian. You will help me to schmooze in and out and find some common ground. So that's how we connected basically. So he was like the biggest inspiration. I'm not sure if my English is not that good if you have a, a synonym for the word the muse. I know a woman could be the muse, right? To inspire men to right. do much better than he can. Is there a, a good word in, in, in English for a male muse? A Mentor? I, I muse Thank you. Yeah. Mentor would be more what I would understand. So I really need to give tribute to him because he urged me, like basically was kicking ass for me to start up this book writing, 2011, saying that, Zamir, it will be interesting for me and my you know, American <laughs> patriots to see your transformations from a commie-born... Pioneer to an international man of mystery, as he jokingly brought me up to, right? With peacemaking message. So it was hard when he left us and definitely I was like probably a year long in depression and then still figured out that rather than just, you know, waiting for some miracles to happen, I need to get back on track, bring up the documentary film, which I'm going to tell you in a second. We actually just launched the link for fundraising. On the go-go and the book, so just both of these different formats would help me to upkeep his, fa- uh, you know, his memories. And definitely, there are many people around the world who would reach out to me after Tony's left us, and said, Zamir, now you are here, and you know, you need to come up with your own show to give Tony real credit." I said. Yeah, I wish, like, CNN would call me and <laughs> say, Zemir, why don't you try? And uh, so I didn't wait for any calls from CNN. So with a local cameraman, uh, Stephen Powell, we came up with this uh, idea of uh, something titled tentatively Zemir discovers Burden's America to reach out to people in different destinations, primarily unknown parts of America. And Buffalo, for me, is still unknown part. I'll tell you more later. And to see how they managed to overcome this COVID situation. How to upkeep the positivity regardless of all the fears, anger, violence we see in uh, social media.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- nobody can travel. So now it's like you need to, you, people Mark, need to be shown.
2: I think I, I'm, I'm thinking about the solution, believe me or not. Again, Buffalo. Mark Madden, amazing, artistic, creative engine of uh, uh, Madden Graphics, the company which is doing a lot of artwork, murals to make the city look much better than it is. In many cases, some installations with light and the churches in beautiful, other old historic buildings. So Mark brought up an interesting idea for us to collaborate. This is a little bit of a secret yet, I will just only bring up the idea. Everyone still wants to travel. As you probably heard, there is a 3D virtual reality Technology, which will allow you—not immediately, but Uh, (laughs) soon—my fingers crossed—and touch the wood—to travel from the library of dogs' ears. Right? This is the right name. Uh, Yep. Yep. Why is Buffalo so much dogs uh, fascinated? (laughs) I remember (laughs) an interesting uh, joint which was called Doggy Style Hot Dogs.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't do
2: very well, but I think you know friends I know had an amazing vision of to make it work. Maybe it was too expensive. I don't know. But now it's like dog's ears kind of destination. <laughs> yeah. So definitely it's a way you, you, do, hearts. you do love You do love dogs. best
0: friend. Yeah. Buffalo, we're, we're best <laughs> so friends. I'm know? becoming
2: a pet of yeah. dogs. So anyway, back to the travel. Uh, sitting here, you would be, with my help, exploring Moscow, the Kremlin, not leaving your space, but going through this technology. There are special... Goggles, like you know, like as if you are like in a gaming situation, right? And you feel you can touch the Kremlin wall. You can probably touch. I don't know. The first Sputnik was launched in Russia 60 years ago. So this gives me a lot of inspiration now to be a guide to people who can't afford much, who are waiting for the second stimulus check. By the way, just for your audience, I have no information when the second. (laughs) <laughs> Stimulus check will be issued because some people think I, I, I sell indulgence. When they reach out to me, they are waiting for some Holy Spirit. Guys, I'm am, I am only human. I wish I could help you more than I can. But look at me, I'm just suffering from many other issues same <laughs> as you are. So honestly, this is a, a new look at travel. So don't sound that dramatic that we cannot travel. We will find a way to make you go beyond the limits of your neighborhood.
0: Where would you take us in Russia? Say if, if this launched and you're, you're our guide.
2: Two ways to look at it. Many people, once again, giving tribute to Anthony, would reach out to Mizamir, recommend us to go here and there because you've been with him on like in 10 episodes. So I would definitely take you guys to the destinations we visited with him, both in Moscow, in St. Petersburg, second big city, amazing, beautiful. Uh, I would call it even. My favorite, though, I'm a born Muscovite because it has much more history, like Buffalo architecture, to present on the 16th, 17th century of the Tsar's lifestyle, what it was like. Beautiful museums, beautiful uh, boat trips uh, uh, along the Niva River, etc. So these two cities are absolute minimum. But as you understand, it's always more preferable to fill it with your own eyes and ears than do it on a virtual tour but something is better than nothing and i would definitely take you to the old russian uh, cities like vladimir where the orthodox church stronghold used to be centuries ago so there is a lot to be seen apart from siberia apart from the magadan and far east don't forget that russia has 11 time zones to present can you believe that Eleven time
1: zones so, uh, like, Anthony, he kind of got into people's hearts by being bold mm-hmm. and, you know, raw. So you have said you are starting a documentary series. How? What is your, uh, your approach? Because he did it like a bad boy style. I, I don't <laughs> see you as, like, the bad boy. You know, you seem just, like, smart, intelligent, <laughs> and you want to show somebody your way. Look at me as a good boy, right? <laughs> yeah. So
2: I always think that people lean to learn more than they know, especially if it doesn't cost them much, right? I used to teach English at Moscow School for five years, right? So I understand how to present some material in more entertaining way. Don't forget that Tony didn't want to be in pure entertainment projects. That's why in 2011 he created the Comrades uh, One Minute Trailer, which he pitched to Travel Channel with me, going into Quentin Central American lifestyle. They liked the idea and they would pay for the pilot, but Anthony preferred to move to CNN for different other reasons. So that whole show, Comrades, tentatively called that time, was stayed on the back burner. So now I'm basically recreating the whole idea of me going into quintessential American lifestyle venues, meet new people on the spot, not scripted, maybe be invited to the homes, maybe talk about religion. I was born an atheist. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll find new religion. I'm looking for it. Talk about the guns, love, gender, food, booze—of course—but I'm not a chef. That gives me a much more freedom of more topics to cover. The way I look at it,
1: right? Because you're not focused. Thank you. you and don't plus, have to, it doesn't have to go. Plus, to a restaurant. I'm sure
2: you know that not too many people want to look at the mirror to see their reflection because most of them, if they don't like what they see, would put the blame on the mirror. I'm trying to bring this. Like, look at yourself through my eyes as an alien. That's what my green card status is saying. Resident alien or permanent resident alien, I think. And then maybe learn something different from what you already know and look at yourself from a different angle. You know, like camera, you could only see yourself, but there is a reverse angle. Like, I don't see myself from the reverse, but that's the angle I would love to see for people to understand that the, the world is no longer flat. Talking about collusion only, 24 hours for the last four years without any real proof doesn't convince me. It's not that Putin is my favorite. But what exactly was there to (laughs) make America (laughs) make the choice of Trump and not Hillary, right? If you know what I'm saying.
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, I mean, I would definitely check that out. Because we're looking at it through uh, the eyes of um, a Russian, which... I would call me more
2: like European because there's a... I'm not ethnically Russian, I represent rather a very small minority of Crimean Jews with a Turkish language, so quite a wild mixture of Mm. bloods, and Crimea is no longer, you know, Ukrainian, it's Russian, it used to be, so from this standpoint, it's hard to look at me as just the pure Russian, I'm Russian citizen, but I'm not ethnically Russian, I'm not Russian Orthodox, right, Right. my wife is, so from this standpoint, I'm more like a, a brick in the wall, like someone who represents more european mindset than just pure pure russia
1: um so when you launch your your indiegogo right a Mm -hmm. lot of the times when you uh launch those there's a perk they say you you fund you you crowdfund and and then you get something on the other side i know that you're going to make the documentary series is there something pushing forward for people like is there a, a a caveat to um <laughs> <laughs>
2: mark you're very pragmatic <laughs> i cannot send you uh, uh what was very pro- popular recently uh like bride and a mail what would you call like mail order bride mail order bride now look at me for this man <laughs> i'll have to disappoint you uh and plus it's covid i cannot even mail my vodka bottle to a friend as a, as a birthday gift right this day's post and USPS is not specifically very, very, I would say, productive. So it will be primarily uh, virtual, online. My telephone call, my, my thank you note, my different other online. Uh, I, I have
1: it. I have it right here. If you want me to read it please, out, please. Yes. So if you donate to, uh,
2: don't be shy. Go to fifteen dollars.
1: Yeah. If you if you donate for a, pilot, I don't ask for more. For uh, Zamir's, Anthony Bourdain's Travel Companion. That's what it says here. $15? Uh, yes. It's, it's a thank you email. 1-5. F- $50 gets you a production credit. $100 gets a personalized video thank you. $250 is a Zoom call with uh, Zamir here. And 500 gets the the exclusive updates. 1000 it's the advanced screening so somebody yeah.
2: (laughs) well listen I know once again unfortunately so many people are unemployed and so many people depend on this everyday situation the way it unfolds unpredictably but honestly I decided still to go ahead with this because I am member of five Anthony Bourdain Facebook uh, fans groups uh, outnumbering more than 100,000 people overall so I understand that even if you know, 1,500 of them will be able to uh, or pay uh, t- to to donate $15, which I think is basically a uh, uh, um, uh, doggy-style hot dog <laughs> meal, which you know didn't work out. But with this kind of money, it will enable my dream team. It's not me alone, as you understand. We have cameramen, soundmen, producers, co-writers, etc. The, nam- the the names are all on the crew credit there to create the pilot, and here is the hope. Pilot, as you remember I told you that Travel Channel were ready to fund the pilot, right? In the times when Tony pitched just the 30-second teaser because they believed that that show has a chance. But it didn't come to fruition because Tony left without him. He was planning to produce, to narrate, to write this, you know, show. Uh, everything, the dialogues. So from this standpoint, I learned a lot from my late yeah. friend, and I understand that if we have a decent pilot, we could submit it for commissioning with the uh, Zulu, with uh, uh, Amazon Prime, with Netflix, because everyone needs more and more content. And believe me or not, thank you for following me on Tony's birthday. We had toasts from all over the world between Melbourne, because of the time difference, it was hard for me Mm -hmm. to correlate and Hawaii because more and more people feel the vacuum through the pandemic. They have no chance to give friends a hug. They they watch and (laughs) rewatch, believe me or not, no reservations. And every day discuss it, find some new quote, something interesting. And remember, Tony is the one who created his own universe. He didn't plan it, I can tell you. He wasn't really going personally to Uh bring about so many people into his world but that's what happened he left but we all become fans and friends of the same community he created that's mainly whom i appeal to with this fundraising
0: and you know what i like about you too Zamir? we all need entertainment now i mean especially now we were, a lot of us were locked in and, and stuff like that i love that you don't really give your personal views you're more there for the entertainment and the experience Where I think a lot of entertainers right now, they want to get their personal agenda through where you don't. You want to get your experiences through. Talk about getting your experiences through and not getting in your personal opinion so much.
2: Okay. How about I was lucky, right? To meet someone like Tony, to learn, to work with uh, Billy Crystal on his uh, production of Midnight Train to Moscow in 1988. With Diane Sawyer doing an amazing features. Ted Koppel, Nightline, etc. So I was lucky to meet people who were much more savvy, much more experienced, smarter, and I learned. And, and as a teacher, I was taught how to spread the knowledge. Knowledge is power, information is power. When people don't know about World War II, right? About how many Jews were persecuted and executed, like my father's family, Crimean Jews. Seven people were executed over one night in uh, 1941 on December 11th. The Remembrance Day we still celebrate back home every season. So when people tell me, oh, well, what about this? this?" There are casualties from, you know, every country, but not 6 million, to say the least. Or not 20 million from the USSR who perished in the world. But, too, I don't think Americans have any real reflection of the world outside, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's more like a Disney world. The more I look now at America with so many things changing, like as we go, people started to realize that it's not just Disney only. There is much more serious problems outside of this Disney, like superheroes kind of style, right? Mm -hmm. There is another side which probably most Americans were not even thinking about until that, you know, you know, shit hit the fan.
0: Yeah, I think a lot during the pandemic and the lockdown, a lot of people got crazy, and they they started thinking too much. I know a lot of people deleted their Facebook because of it. they just couldn't take it. yeah Mary's one of them you know, and- I, I was close
2: like like this to sign off. It was too much, but then I realized what would Tony say like they just fucked me just simply by by you know doing some Nazi kind of observations about what what was going on. so I realized now I won't take the, it for an answer, so I decided to get back on my social life and much more proactive than I was a year ago after he left us. It took me a while to reinvent myself, if you want uh, to acknowledge that. And I I figured out, well, I learned a lot. I've never went to film school, right? But I do understand that every story, a book, a film, should have beginning, middle, and the end, correct? It's not like brain surgery. So that's what I'm trying to implement with the help of my amazing dream film crew from mostly of buffalo descent and make it together that people will understand we're all the same whether we are in texas or in alaska or in buffalo new york we still want to be happy to be you know caring about our family kids friends meet socialize even if it's you know 3d uh, virtual travel reality for the moment but we need to socialize when you're alone somewhere in siberia or in alaska just facing that bullshit TV zombie box with the fake news all over <laughs> from the left and the right, you lose your sanity. Yeah. So look at me as entertainer on a mission. I, I I am I'm ready to enlighten people with the information knowledge I have for the last sixty-three years. I've been around the block for quite some time, ending up as an intern in Iraq when this Saddam Hussein started the war. So I learned how to survive. And believe me or not. The mere what came up from that experience of moonshining. Because oh, for okay. me, that was the only choice to survive, to upkeep my sanity. With the help of my three older chemical engineers who helped me to produce the good quality five times distilled uh, kind of samagon, right? How's the vodka going? You know what? I, honestly, I put it on the back burner because without big bucks, I cannot compete with the monster brands who claim they do the handcrafted booze with five million bottles per year. <laughs> and people believe it. <laughs> they, they buy this bubble without second thinking and cannot even explain why they are buying this brands. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, it has no taste. That's why I like it. I said, you know what? You could better buy some filtered water, like a <laughs> four liter gallon for like $2 yeah. and drink it rather than just, you know, going for this quote
0: unquote b- vodka thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what, do you, what were you sipping on yesterday? What, what's Zemir drinking now?
2: Uh, honestly, believe me or not, it's still my baby because it makes me feel like I know what I'm drinking <laughs> for obvious reasons. Uh, secondly, of course, it was beer, uh, IPA. Uh, Thinmen, I think, are very, very good at bringing quite a mixture of IPAs they do, right? I'm more in the culture of uh, Heineken and uh, Pilsner beer, so it was light beer had two yeah i think i have like a pint maybe and actually that was enough to check out uh probably at 3 p.m not waiting for the end of the game because that was already clear the bills are gonna win right so for me it's a little bit too much of a three hour non-stop drinking and eating i'm not that strong as most buffalonian friends who invited me for the party <laughs> but i did enjoy that spirit that positivity no matter what whether they were winning or not this positivity of buffalonians is amazing it's like you know hope against hope like love against love I don't want to bring the Sabre situation but I do pray that this year they will do a much better job than oh last year (laughs) people will still go once it will be allowed to go to this you know Bank Arena. Oh yeah, yeah. we're very
1: used to losing, you know. It, it, but the winning thing, you know, I, I don't see so many people jumping through a table because you know they're kind of like put, putting their tie up now and going to work. And they're like, yeah, we won. True. <laughs> you know, there wasn't some extracurricular that we needed to get into to to enjoy ourselves. We definitely. won the game. It's great, definitely.
0: And you, you're not a big foodie. You've become a foodie, sort of, I guess, because of what you've been doing for the last ten years or so. So
2: look at this t shirt by the way. Yesterday for the first time I was oh, in there. To oh, the yeah. Town. Oh yeah. Very like local type of a pub. It was uh, it was Saturday, yeah, Saturday afternoon. And my Polish friend is big community as you know, brought me to show the childhood kind of houses, environment they were growing up. Not much change since that time they acknowledge that and definitely much different crowd moves in and moves out than it was like 40 years ago but at the same time I did realize that the families the church are still important and people upkeep that family ties like they live across from each other like brothers sisters cousins which is lost in most (coughs) cities I've been to so for me this Buffalonian traditional old lifestyle is of lifestyle I still enjoy my parents before they passed they live like 15 minutes walk from me my brother was building in the same building where my parents so we would get together like every other weekend if not more often so that's what I enjoyed doing and and feeling the same roots with most people who feel that same way no matter how successful they are they're still living close to their home feel to the families and that's what unites all
1: of us i think that should be the angle of your show there you know going into neighborhoods and maybe i'm, maybe I'm it looking does and, for the characters yeah. to bring me into the homes maybe that's where it starts there. is the community and then they you know if it goes to food or if it goes to a place or a church or a social club and you know that that sounds like something you know you're a man of the people you bring Mark, peace should we get the the the, the
2: fund? we need for this budget, I think we have an opening for editorial <laughs> producer <laughs> if, if you are interested because you have global vision. No, no, that's important. You are high minded well, thank you. a high-minded person. That's a very interesting thing to consider because that's what I always feel much better on in, on the road when I'm invited to people's homes. We discuss the food, the recipes. You're right. I wasn't at the food until I met Tony, but more and more I started to experiment my wife was shocked, surprised when I started doing, not very often though, but some kind of a family meal back home.
0: Right, And you talk about, uh, there's a lot of great places in Buffalo that, that came up. Um, I don't want to offend anyone by saying this though, but I think a lot of the guys in the background of these places, the cooks, the the workers, kind of get lost in these resurgence of new places. And the owner, a lot of times, the face, takes all the spotlight when they don't do shit. Right. They don't do anything. They just sit there and they collect. I. Lo- that's why I, I I like a lot of these owners of uh, bars or restaurants that actually work. I have a lot of respect for them. How do, how do you see that?
2: It's a very good question because... Someone like Mike A, who became, for me, the biggest draw, who actually brought me, after that first visit I mentioned with Anthony, to 2012. That was the first time Mary actually (laughs) and myself met, for red carpet farewell to no reservation screening at Lafayette Hotel, where Mike A and uh, Rocco had one of their eateries. And that was the first time I tried Beef on Whack in his own presentation and then at his seafood place like sea bar unfortunately mike K. left not sure for how long in alabama these days but he was the draw for me of someone who has been in the kitchen every other day he even took me once for his uh market is it the broadway market some kind of very yep. down-to-earth mm-hmm. market spot where he knew the right. farmers he when mean. he would buy something He would trust personally. It's all about the trust, right? I don't want to go to the places anymore where I don't know either the chef or at least the server who would explain you should try this or that. I'm like maybe too old to experiment, so I'm much more comfortable to go to the places where I know the chef will be right there when I want to meet him and give him a handshake.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. And I I think those, uh, like, you hear, oh, we got this uh, this new German bar is opening up. Well, I don't know anything about I, I know, okay, great, you got a building, you got new signage. I don't care about that. I want to know what's going in and what's happening in the background. Who's the chef? What kind of German food are you having? I haven't gotten that information mm. yet, and it opens in two weeks. You know what I'm trying to say? Of course. And I, and I think more people that open new places or that places that are successful – should show the little guy. I'm, we're, we're big little guys, you know what I mean?
2: It's all about little guys, honestly. That's what I <laughs> loved about Tony and the way he explained the world. <laughs> who really makes things happen? It's the little guys who are never on the surface. We've never seen them most of the time, right? Someone mm. else take the, the cream, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, but not the guys who work hard 15-hour shift and just do like, you know, kick a lot of axes back, you know, in the kitchen. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. And by the way, a little bit of a new dream Uh, I'm discussing these days, actually, in Buffalo with people who have vision, I believe. Something like a a club. Let's call it the spy club. Let's call it something like around the theme of spying. Not in, in, in the sense that I'm about to recruit you to be my agents or moles. Not in this way. But there is always something spicy sexy about this spy theme, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks that these people are really responsive who might have an interesting basement space available next time I'm back to consider this kind of a, you know, like coded access, not like exclusive membership only. I'm not talking about Buffalo Club where just, you know, everything is about the money. It's more about little men getting together. Little men getting together and have their own kind of, you know, Secrets, I'm, I'm joking, anecdotes. <laughs> Maybe it could be more of a men's club because I noticed that the younger generation, I mean, for me, younger generation, your generation. So a question to you, if I may ask. Apart from the gym and kind of Bill's games, do you have any other social clubs where you would go like once a week, once two this weeks. is our social club.
1: This is that that's Seriously, what this is. Like we just are like, yeah, let's meet some new people license we'll talk. to talk. We'll yeah. So that out. might
2: be a good uh, nickname for this club. It's, it's
1: actually hard to, you know, meet new people like you know, in small neighborhoods and everything. You know, a lot of people are real clicky. There's a lot of cults around here. Yeah.
2: So yes. many yeah. cults. Yeah,
1: and you know, you you know, we just find our way to, you know, hang out with people this way, you know, come tell a story, archive your story. It's good
2: that you brought that up because I was also thinking something the way I'm looking at it between uh, a comedy club where people would come up on stage and do some bullshit kind of presentation, right? Yeah. So that's what I call Spy Club because it allows everyone to come up with his own story of something he could create, maybe even fictional But to talk and meet people who are creative. Primarily I would think it would be about creative maybe introverts who would love to come together and have some kind of a code. This time it's like, I don't know, 555 as entrance. Then it will be like 6996. I don't know. Something which is encoded between this membership only. And it's not like for everyone from the street to get wasted. Definitely booze and food is an important part of any club. Don't, you know. Even wrong. for a performer, they yeah, need to get loose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I think men, primarily uh, over thirty, once they're already established in life professionally and family-wise, they still need some space apart from sports. So I'm trying to find that, let's call it, cultural niche. Yeah, but I think that people.
1: that's like what you're talking about with like your dream. It's like we mm-hmm. always, uh, we all had a dream of what we were going to be when we were little, you know, and then you know <laughs> you take a job shoveling <laughs> shit because exactly. it pays the bills. But you always wanted to, You always wanted to go do stand up. You wanted to write a, a something like a this. Book, perform. Yeah. You always have something in the back of your mind. You want well,
2: to otherwise, write. if I check out, I would. That would be the end of, of, of life, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Mary would be a member number one because she brings this anxiety, anxiousness, edginess <laughs> to make me feel like a little bit scared when she posts that beautiful images of like unbelievable. A lake effect or something which happens in this area you know that she was chasing some uh, one sec we're chasing the storm right Yeah,
1: tornadoes,
2: tornadoes.
0: yeah we talked to her about
2: it yeah you know yeah. for me that would be unheard of unless I know someone like her and would get interested through her into this thing she maybe it's a show. maybe it's not that scary <laughs>
0: Yeah, and th- I think that we're kind of on the same page with what you want to do with this club and license to talk, man. We're going to have to sit down and talk about this. We will. This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And not just with coffee, by the way. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. F- thank you for the coffee, by the Even way.
1: Even though the coffee is great here at Dog Years Bookstore, don't get your coffee by the from way, Timmy when you can get it from Tommy. That's right. And <laughs> o- honestly,
2: when they added some honey to make me feel like I'm more like, you know, New Year, kind of, you know, Rosh Hashanah with the, you know, honey apple thing. I honestly believe adds more inspiration. That's amazing. It's the first time I'm trying
0: coffee with uh, honey. Well, we'll check it out. Mm -hmm. Well, we we talk about spying, and there's something that came on my radar. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's with the Russians and the poisoning? (sighs) (laughs) Thank you for bringing it up.
2: Wow! I decided not to bring something, which is in my friend's apartment when I'm staying in Allentown. It was just a friend's gift on the last day. Zemir, will you check how scared Americans are? So in a plastic bag, transparent, there was a piece of pepper or something looks like pepper, which I guess is not. He said never open the envelope because it could be like itching like this. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you know the most recent challenge of Russians, allegedly poisoning another opposition leader, right? Who right. was saved like by pure coincidence, that the pilot managed to land in that place they were not supposed to. Yeah. I guess the plan was that it was a five-hour flight to Moscow from Siberia in this that he would simply die on the plane. Yeah. Then you will not find anything like heart attack. Boom. Done. Goodbye. And Russians are <laughs> very, very, I would say, uh, creative in this weapons, like lethal weapons especially. So, in other words, when I just... Showed this piece of pepper To my friends At the first dinner Mark Madden I mentioned The guy who is like Very creative himself But he would be like Sort of jumping out of me (laughs) Oh no Like you know Sort of In other words I decided not to have Any practical jokes In the times When people are kind of Nervous And a little bit subjected To fears and paranoia So in, In answer to your question I believe That that was poisoning From what I know about the Five, six similar cases happening for the last five years. It's not like uh, something, you know, Putin or his friends would say, we have no idea what it's all about. Remember London, uh, remember some other locations. uh, Which is scary, honestly, because as you understand, I don't know who managed that situation. Allegedly, it was put in his cup of tea. Yes. Right? That's why supposedly no one else got anything to do with it. But as a peacemaker... I was subjected to different biological weapons, laboratories visits with Diane Sawyer and some other famous anchors for the times when the Russians were opening up the stockpiles, late 90s primarily. Not much with Putin, by the way. And I was kind of scared being in the situations when uh, a scientist in Siberian city called Novosibirsk, uh, now it's the name of this laboratory notorious, is called Vector, Allegedly, they are doing with vaccines against the plagues, right? Mm-hmm. Against smallpox disease or something. So I spoke to the wife of a scientist right there in the lab who by pure mistake injected this, we call anti-dot, not into a monkey under the test, but into his own finger and was dying for 30 days and would have a diary what it means to have this, you know, Malberg disease, so from this standpoint there, there could be no joking about it. I agree, maybe it was too much of a pragmatic joke to show something like Novichok, that's the name of that poisoning substance, yeah, 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 like sort of looking like pepper, but honestly, as a peacemaker, once again I believe that the more bans on using any lethal weapons, both in chemical, biological sort of poisoning is illegal and a criminal act so people once they are found who is behind it should be put into trial
0: and definitely sentenced. So are there people that are outspoken that you know in Russia that are very very careful where they eat and drink?
2: That's a good point. Thank you. After my interview I was like securing an interview setting it up of um, Edward Snowden for PBS in Moscow about 2013. I started feeling like both NSA, maybe, and KGB keeping an eye on me after that because at that time Snowden was never giving interviews to any US network specifically. Probably being like feeling insecure what they could do and poison him or something, right? Right. Or kidnap. I don't know. So he didn't look like a very I would say successful whistleblower because I think he realized sooner than later that he landed in the country of a totalitarian regime and talking about freedom and whistleblowing wasn't like relaying the message correctly, right, from Putin's land, so to say. So, but talking to you with all that fears in the air about this organization tracing you or the other one, I kind of overcame that fear So at this point in my life, I don't really care who might follow me because as long as I have no secrets, no, how do we call, missions, uh, resulting in making people's life worse than they are or bringing some detrimental after effect, I'm not playing with those games, that's 100% the case. KGB cannot afford me, CIA cannot afford me. So when I'm talking about spy theme, I'm kind of jokingly call it because spy theme is always like spy. You know, it's like something mysterious, right? So being a man of mystery, I always thought there are many men who believe in these mysteries, right? Not conspiracies. I'm keeping away from conspiracies. I'm more in mysteries which has something to do with reality, which I lived through as I told you. During the war, during meeting the people like in the medical, chemical lab, military personnel or you know mr snowden who was actually alerting all of us that we are bugged that no matter what we do now we understand more and more that you know facebook sends us the names of people to associate with because they look at us what kind of interests, what we buy <laughs> what we talk about right yeah. so it's not coincidental that i think there's some some kind of higher mind existing uh, in heavens and controlling most of the world territories and our mindsets maybe so trying to be more focused these days on what i want to achieve as a person
1: sure and well
0: oh
1: it's just saying talking the microphone
0: i mean you're you're always thirsty for stuff Ooh. and i'm thirsty for this why why do people think the russians want to influence our elections so much <laughs> Like, I don't get it. And whether they are or not, I don't know. But you you know what I mean? I, that just, to me, like, well, how do we know and what do they want?
2: Uh, the way I look at it, I don't know anything, like, behind the official curtain of bullshit sure. uh, uh, Kremlin plans globally. But what I believe was happening, since they hated Hillary, because Putin as a, as a man with big ego but kind of small height, right? Mm-hmm. That's how Anthony little man looked at him. Like you know, a little man and a big man. That's why he expected Trump and Putin to become friends because they have a different kind of background but similar. It's like they are running corporations, big business corporations, Russia or America it doesn't matter. So I believe he had personal account to square with Hillary and uh, Barack Obama because they didn't do well in different kind of political, global things. So I wouldn't be surprised that they did have some, how to say, fake accounts created, putting some bullshit, having the WikiLeaks dirty linen. They managed to get into the hands through this guy, uh, WikiLeaks, what his name, Assange, to be put on Democratic front as something controversial and, and blackmailing, maybe. But at the same time, I don't think they really had a system of rigging anything
1: right yeah. the point of i don't view. believe any of it how could you write like, you know, one guy in montana people. swings the thank you the vote more than anybody exactly. in the whole world <laughs> yeah so i so. believe i believe
2: whoever did need that lame excuses to find someone as a scapegoat they like put it on russia and say oh they messed the whole thing into how could it be like you know? yeah yeah
0: I, that that's what I've always thought. Like,
2: well, how how is this? Give us some proof. I I won't be surprised, but give yeah. us some proof. Yeah.
0: Now I gotta ask you one more thing. Is you know I,
2: this gym and his conspiracy it, it won't theories. take me
0: to prison, though, right? No. What about the PP tapes? You hear about pee-pee this? pp tapes. Could Trump just... Trump likes getting pissed on, and the Russians got the pp tapes. Yeah, the pp tapes. Well,
2: I I'll give you something more interesting than you ever seen or heard, right? Okay. Well. Are you prepared for this? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Do we have some time for it? Yeah. Okay. Whatever you got. So did I get your attention? Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, Better than the pee-pee tape. So thank you. So <laughs> now we understand what I mean about the spy club where people would like to share some stories. Like, you know, something which could be real and what I'm telling you is for real. So I was sitting to President Trump. He wasn't the president then. Uh, 2013, I guess. In Moscow hotel called Ritz-Carlton, mm-hmm. which is kind of fake Ritz, meaning that it's owned by the Kazakh Mafia money, money but its facade is a real Ritz-Carlton. And I was there not because he invited me, I'm not one of his uh, favorite friends or guests. <laughs> <laughs> I happened to be in the right place again, in the right time, because uh, a host uh, from... Extra TV, like big entertainment channel from Hollywood, was about to interview him on that day when he was arriving to Russia for Miss Universe opening, right? right. He was owning that and had his Russian partner. So they had no time to bring their crew with visas, etc. So I was assigned to bring my Russian crew and set it up in Hotel Carlton Ritz, right? Ritz Carlton. So he was sitting here. Jay Zay, I think the name of the host, was right there. So I was like managing the crew, ordering some room service, whatever was needed for conversation and make it kind of kosher and clean. I did a feel that Trump uh, would not stop at anything, especially when there were some female maids coming in to serve the food. The way he would look, the way he would behave, would definitely make me feel very uncomfortable in his presence. It's my personal, right? Right. Maybe something... I didn't quite We've had well. a
1: story, a first-hand story, something. Like that. So
2: that was Hotel Ritz-Carlton. That was a suite, I don't know, like $5,000 per night. And from what I learned later from my network, before any PPT <laughs> tapes were even came into circus, that that hotel, because the Kazakh mafia owns it, had rooms bugged with cameras in some special rooms, like at this floor where we were with the suite rooms. I think it was eighth floor, right, the top floor. Because some Arab sheikhs, like Emirate sheikhs, who would s- br- stop there for the transit tour or whatever and would bring like hordes of harems of Russian prostitutes, right? And the cameras definitely focusing on that mm-hmm. for obvious reasons to be used for the business, you know, kind of muscling in and out the contracts you need to do. Yeah. It's not a touristic place, it's just for the... Top VIP people from all over the world having their own interests coming to Russia for business or political bullshit or whatever. So I wouldn't be surprised that there were the tapes. I wasn't setting it up. I wasn't involved in any of this. But I believe there are tapes that and he's the type of person who wouldn't think twice if there is a, a free interesting like Swallow, this is the term the KGB comrades would explain to me. This was a special department way back in the 60s. Beautiful ladies were given amazing foreign language skills to seduce the diplomats, the foreigners, into Moscow hotels' rooms and make them talk. And someone would take a photo or video and then would kind of approach him. Oh, you fucked my my sister. Here is what you told on camera right. How about you work for me mm-hmm. So it's, it's traditional Russian way of KGB way To look
0: at the Compromat of blackmail substance I think we're going to, what do you think, a couple weeks before November, we're going to see these PP tapes finally? Don't give what?
2: credit to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to say, well, Zemir brought it up, and then all of a sudden, we see the tape. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we're not here for the inside scoop. We're here to well, hear about your thought, guys, to hear about your dream, you know? No, no, wait,
2: you told me you're licensed to talk, so I'm licensed. You are, are licensed you licensed. Mary is licensed to talk. Yes. yes. So don't. Yeah give me credit for something once again i'm saying i have never set up any video cameras <laughs> and Ritz Carlton. i have not seen trump master i'm sorry doing some blow job or being <laughs> given a, my english not censored, right So going good. Live, good. Right? i'm You're going good. live guys so enjoy the moment so i cannot be an eyewitness for that so bring me don't bring me to deposition don't bring me as a no, no. as an eyewitness i would say no uh, i was drunk you know mary would confirm zamir was drinking yeah that's why i always have the where is my flask so whenever people say oh zamir told something which is not licensed to talk said i was drunk
0: (laughs) well that's a great excuse guys right cheers yeah
2: cheers to buffalo
0: cheers so let's let's end on this uh we're you're, you have this project going, this Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Uh,
2: as of today, so you bring me yeah, luck. Yeah. I know that with your parish, with your community, we'll definitely come close to this $25,000, which is absolute minimum for a pilot, as you probably know from filmmaking. Everything yeah. is expensive, especially on post-production. Just to give people an idea that uh, an editor, average editor, one hour, $150, and we need minimum two weeks of someone being in the room doing... From many hours of footage, I I forgot to mention that we started filming in uh, late October, two years ago, with Steven, and we did uh, a lot of shoot in Buffalo, in Russia, so we have like hours of footage, so we hope, if there is no hot spot, as I wanted to be in West Virginia last weekend, to continue this shoot, but my friend says, Amir, no. It's hot spot. You will have to be quarantined. Forget about Buffalo. So I decided to come over meet you rather than being <laughs> stuck in West Virginia. But we do need another interesting U.S. location, maybe in the middle of nowhere, Amish country, right? That's what Mary is trying to yeah. set up for me. But they don't talk on cameras. As I said, as I, uh, oh, they'll
0: talk on camera. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, you see, bring the vodka. They'll talk. Wow! <laughs> I mean, so I could have a bar trade. Deal.
1: Yes. I think that, you know, even with a $25,000 budget, you're going to find a way. You know, there's a lot of DIY ways of getting your things and like social media. I mean, thank you. That's that's actually the flood. That's actually the hard part is social media because people, you know, they found a creative niche in an audience and it's just going to be however you can crack the surface. I'm sure that if it's $25,000 or ten thousand dollars you're going to find a way to make it happen you a dream
2: we'll have to make some compromises or sacrifices of course not to have a a brilliant editor but let's say so and so editor to cut this pilot to submit to the netflix or ulu or some other networks who definitely look for new content and i believe it could be both entertaining and enlightening that's that's my hope but, like you
1: look at our stuff, this is a computer from 2011. This is old band equipment. You know, we're we're doing it on the, the cheap. You know, you've got to find a way. And more importantly for me, the doggy
2: ears kind of setting makes me feel like everything is possible
0: again and again. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be right behind you. We're going to be starting uh, stuff to get off the ground. We have a movie coming out and stuff like that. So oh. we're, we're kind of a little behind you. And uh, you know, but here to help you. You know, but here we'll, to help you. Yeah, we we'll forward,
1: time. we'll forward our stuff Please. with your stuff. You know, we're all about
2: teamwork. Wow, well, <laughs> thank you. That's what I love about Buffalo. There is no like competition. Like I do this, right? You won't touch it. I'll do better. People do melt together. They do help each other. It's like the city of great neighbors. That's what I feel. There are no secrets now. Uh, Mark Madden and his uh, charity project last year. They needed some help. I was here available, didn't ask for money, be part of their project to help bring more, I would say, donors into the art community, the murals, these interesting things for bringing children from Roosevelt and many other, you know, hospitals to experience like art therapy. That's what Mark is actually trained for. And me being a teacher, as I mentioned, I'm like more of a educator in life, right? So I'm trying to share. The information, because information is power, right? Mm -hmm. The more people read, the more people understand. That's why I love that setting of books and library. Even the dust of it makes me feel much better. Yeah. So there is an intellect, which is probably undiscovered. But sooner or later, people would go back into the books, hardcover books. That's worth my hope on the book front, and hopefully it will be available next summer for yeah. Tony's birthday to uh, June 25th. But that's another story. We need some luck to get His the birthday is June 25th? Yes. mine's June Do 26th.
1: You know, so there we go. We're Finger a of fate. Celebration. So a I those, might be back. But those authors down there are – those are a lot of local authors. Those are people's dreams on those tables down there, you know. This is the writer's room that you're in right now. So, you know, people get, come together here to uh, – You know put their ideas and learn to write and do these things and i mean i know you're doing a memoir look at me i
2: just uh, uh, what's behind you mark could you read for me i have no my glasses it
1: says mirror mirror on the wall
2: (laughs) did i tell you that some people don't like to look at the mirror i do like to look in the mirror (laughs) because once i see seven main chakra points and see this uh, writer's corner with that reclining chair this is my type of environment i need to go back to the epilogue, which hasn't been written yet, because as I understand, my life is in motion. Maybe in the last episode would be you and me are doing something overwhelmingly interesting with your project or my project or both projects in June by the time the book is supposed to be in the bookstores. Oh, yeah. So you never know. Right. Well, so yeah, don't, don't stop trying, you know. It, I believe in cross-promotion and in cross-fertilization of cultures. I'm not sure it's a good term. <laughs> <Yeah>. Some farmers <laughs> may not like it, but I honestly believe the more cultures fuse, it's all about the fusion. Look at Tony's. The way he changed people's mindset, same as mine. I would never touch street food until I met him, and traveling with him in uh, wild Stan republics like of Uzbekistan, He would say, Zamir, the best food will be on the road. Even if you can't piss in the toilet you want or wash hands immediately, try that food. He made me try, and I loved it. Since that time, no matter where I go, I always go to the street food joints, like mom and pops kind of thing. Yeah, because that's the heart of people's, I would say, hospitality. You can't learn the country unless you feel that nitty-gritty kind of stories ideally with toast and food at the table of people's home. That's what the show will be about. That's the one which I'm trying to pitch to your contingent and my contingent of every $15 will will matter. Thank you, guys.
0: Well, no problem. And, you know, knowledge is power, but uh, friendship is forever. And we are glad that you came back, Zamir. Mary, thanks for bringing them by. And Uh Zamir, you're already licensed to talk. We're going to give you a license to expand. Yeah, we'll give you a commercial driver's
1: license. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Mary, you are bringing luck to my life.
2: I need it, especially on a day like this. Honestly, I'm very anxious to have the 30 days running of the campaign, and the first day seems to be very, very productive, and both intellectually
1: and emotionally. Well, thank you for spending your time with us, and uh, hopefully that goes really well and you get, you get as much as you need. That's, that's all I can say. I don't you know. need more. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> you always could use more, you know. Of course, it's easy. But between you and me, I, I'm used
2: to work with low budgets or zero budgets. So I won't be shocked yeah. if we don't get this amount. So yeah. I'll have to fire someone, unfortunately, and make things happen without a very, very professional person on the crew. But that's life. It well, is.
0: Well, we will put things up in our social media. We'll help you out as much as we can. Zamir Gata, you thank you very much.
2: Thank you. I hope you were not bored.